Let's go. With Jack Kelly. <laughs> hey, there's Joe Loggy. <laughs> hey, Joel, welcome to the show, man. It's great to meet you. I've seen all your videos. They're amazing. All of them. You've seen all 2,000 of them. No, I'm lying. I really just saw a few. <laughs> but but thanks for calling me out on it. <laughs> so I see. All right. I've seen a few of the videos. I can see it. No, I'm definitely from doing my homework. I did. I took a, a we, we you know looked at a lot of the videos. Love it. And uh, and you know I really am interested in speaking to you because you speak with so many different recruiters. Yeah. You engage with you know, hundreds of client you know candidates every day. It seems getting the emails, getting you know notifications from them, and, and interacting. So I figure you have a great pulse of what's going on. And yeah. what I'm seeing from my perspective, Joel, is that particularly for white collar, mid to senior level professionals, and this is kind of, you know, LinkedIn and Twitter, the kind of folks who are, you know, the, you know these are the audience, they're yeah. having a hard time, a really hard time. So one of the things I'm trying to do with these LinkedIn lives is to have people like yourself to give value and to give advice and guidance, you know, along with talking about your career journey, but to share so, because people need it, man, there it's, it's a lot of people are hurting. And the thing is they don't talk about it, but they'll talk to privately about it. And so I figure you could give a lot of value, but to start with, you began as a recruiter, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I was born a recruiter. No, I wasn't born, but I, yeah, I started in the recruitment industry 2015. Right. A friend of mine, he had he worked for Ronstadt for a really, really long time, was yeah. one of the top producers in the Midwest. And he spun off and started an agency. It was kind of one of the, I think one of the first RPO, like hourly business models where mm -hmm. essentially you'd, we'd work on positions on an hourly basis. So it was kind of a unique uh, billing model to get into on the agency side. And he said, I, at the time I was working in the banking industry was not for me. And he said, look, you can work remotely. This is 2015. He said, you can work remotely. We'll teach you everything you need to know um, about our process, about how we recruit. You'll get to work with some great partners. And I said, you had me at remote because <laughs> at the time the banking yeah. industry rough, I was working like 12, 13 hour days. And, um, and yeah, I just jumped in and right from the get go, I was meeting with clients um, strategizing with them, figuring out like, how do we fill these tough roles? And, uh, I think for me, it was a great time to get into recruiting, right? Cause from like 2015 to, to, you know, till COVID everything was pretty much just straight line, mm -hmm. steady growth. Um, and, uh, and then I worked on a variety of different industries. So everything from, um, you know, engineering, Pretty much every everything except for tech. I mean, I did engineering, mm -hmm. healthcare, construction, you know, everything from garbage truck drivers and and using Craigslist, Craigslist to to get people to call you back to uh, CFO, CMO roles. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed recruiting and I've, I've been in the industry ever since. You know, I always find that wild when people say like you do, hey, I I, it, you know, I recruit for this and that and the other sector. I've always focused just like on one or two sectors. Yeah. So I kind of know it. I know it really well and feel comfortable in that area. But I guess there's a different way I, you know, you like doing business. So I guess you liked kind of learning and just pivoting to different, you know, different areas, right? 
Well, I, I ended up niching in construction. So yeah. for about three years, I spent time just, you know, working with general contractors, not the big, big, big players, but like the middle of the mm -hmm. road players. So anyone, you know, some of these companies were you know, anywhere from 200 million to a billion a year in revenue. So, so kind of midsize that maybe have, um, you know, a couple of office locations in, in a couple of areas and, and working with them on project manager roles, superintendent roles, um, you know, some of those leadership roles. So I, I, and that was about three years into my career. So I started off as a generalist, which mm -hmm. I thought was helpful just to get a, a feel yeah. for like, what are the types of conversations I like? And I always tell people when they're trying to get into recruitment, um, you know, it matters that you enjoy or you're, you like are excited about the people and the roles that you're looking to fill. Otherwise, I just think it's hard to have like an engaging conversation. So if you're like, hey, I love tech and mm -hmm. I'm really passionate about the industry, great. Tech recruiting is great. If you're like, yeah, I don't really care about new technology. It's kind of just not interesting. And I'm like, all right, well, even if it makes better money, if you're not going to be engaged with it, it's hard to really think that you're going to be able to last decades in it. And I think with construction, what I loved about construction was you know, when you talk to people who are actually building the skylines of mm -hmm. cities, I just love that. And, uh, and so I worked out really, really well. Um, and, you know, I think I'm looking at getting back or started to get back into recruiting here in the last month or so. And I'm kind of taking that same approach, like more of a generalist, um, you know, for the, probably the first three to six months, but it wouldn't surprise me if I went back into uh, construction recruitment again, because I just enjoyed it so much. You know, it's so interesting because there are different schools of thought. Like for me, I'm not, I've, I've run a search firm now, it's 26 years, right? And do I love the area I'm in? No, you know, but, but he do, but here's what the thing is, what ends up happening, you know how you say pursue your passion? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you pursue your passion, right? Like every graduation speech, pursue your passion. And meanwhile, most people's passion are like really dumb. And, you know, it's going to be like basket weaving or whatever. That's not going to make any money. So what good is that? But I find what happens is that if you're good at what you do, so let's say you're good with construction and, and you like dealing with these construction, you know, folks, and then you're making a lot of placements and then you're making a lot of money. Then all of a sudden you're passionate about it because you're like, this is great. I love this space. I love construction because I'm, I'm, I'm killing it. I'm making a lot of money. I'm placing people. So I, you know, I just bring it up because oftentimes it's just the opposite. And then people feel like, oh man, I made a big career mistake because I'm following my passion, but it's really following what you could do to make money. And then that passion comes with it. And then yeah. with the passion, you just make more money and do well. Yeah. And, and look, I, I... I always, yeah. If you follow any of my content, um, you know I like to like to keep it real with the talk mm -hmm. as well. And I think when it comes to work, I mean, you got to be realistic, right? Like you're not gonna love every single day and every single thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I think sometimes that's what people can think. Like particularly people who uh, I do a lot on TikTok, right? I do these TikTok lives, and I'm constantly running into people who are unsatisfied. They're not happy in their roles. They're not happy with things. And they're searching almost for this answer of like, I want to, I want to find a job that fits all of these boxes. And it doesn't matter if it's fully remote and you're earning a ton of money and you know, you're working for a cool company. There's just going to be days where it's not great. Right. And at the end of the day, I would much rather be 
hanging out with my family on vacation mm-hmm. and doing the things that I love, like watching soccer because I'm a big soccer fan, than working. Um, so I just want to keep that in reason too. Like I don't want to paint like this like unrealistic expectation of, of what I do. But within that, I found creating content, you know, that is yeah. almost a passion that's come about while recruiting as well. And I've, it's taken a while uh, to kind of put the two together, but I'm now in a spot where I'm actually able to do some things yeah. that I really, really enjoy on the creative side with content and mix them in with, you know, maybe some of the more, I guess, like the procedures when it comes to recruiting that uh, sometimes for me can be a little bit boring, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense because I find out sometimes it's good to have your, let's say your core thing, right? That's when you're recruiting, right? And you, and you love it, you do it. But then sometimes you need something else yeah. to keep it interesting because we're not one dimensional. You know, you have other skills, other interests. So then you're able to do your creative outlook. Exactly. With, you know, with the marketing and all the videos. So this way you feel a little bit more fulfilled. So the days like maybe it's not going well with recruiting you're killing it on TikTok or vice exactly. versa. So you have a lot going on. But you know what? I like to just go to a point you talked about, like on TikTok, because <clears throat> you see that so many people are unhappy there, right? You know, quiet quitting, bare minimum Monday, acting your wage. I I don't know about you. I've never seen people so miserable and unhappy at work than the last few years. Are you, are you seeing that a lot? Are you noticing that just more than ever? Really? Yeah. Unhappy and angry. I think one of the things, one of the underlying things, I actually think that I've noticed as well, and this is, um, you know, I interact outside of work. You know, I'm involved in different communities, and um, one of the things I see, particularly from, I I don't want to necessarily label it as every single person in this demographic, but I'm just going to say like Gen Z and kind Mm -hmm. of like younger people are coming through. It's almost like a lack of sense of like direction when it even comes to career. Cause I think it's really confusing nowadays and like yeah. what a good career path looks like or how, what a career path is supposed to be. And, um, and so I think things were just more clear almost, you know, before, before social media, when technology was a little bit more simple and now it's like there's I, I feel like there's a, a almost a lack of like direction and like wh- which should I do and there's so many different options um and obviously a lot of people for example just default to yeah I just want to get into tech you know like as if like just getting into tech mm-hmm. is going to be this magic fix and so I think that's going on and then you also have I think people get sometimes they get these dream jobs or they get these positions and then they just realized like it wasn't even what they thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. And so I think there's disillusionment around that. Also think with layoffs and just how much negative news we have had yeah. really since last July, you know, July, 2022, I guess that isn't last July, but July, 2022, when things started to really go in a negative direction, I've, I'm, I haven't talked to a lot of people recently that are just genuinely optimistic mm-hmm. about the future. I think a lot of people who want to hope and 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 they have hope for the future, mainly recruiters, because I think that's how we're wired. But it's just such a stark contrast to 2021 as well. So I think you got to keep that in mind, you know, and it's been a long 18 months for people. Um, and I think trust, loyalty, all of these things um, are just out. It's just completely changed, right? And yeah. I think even priorities because of, when I look at COVID and what happened with the pandemic, 
a lot of priorities shifted in people's lives as well. And now we're seeing that bleed into the workforce. So I think as a, if you're a leader at a company, I think it is a massive challenge nowadays to keep people engaged and, and satisfied even in their work. And, uh, you know, obviously if you're pushing people back to the office, if you follow my content, I think you're going to really, really struggle. And the, the challenge is going to be creating environments that people just want to be in nowadays. So you have kind of the pulse on recruiters, you know, how many recruiters do you think you've been speaking to over the last year or so? It's got, probably, right? Yeah. I mean, it's got to be between 500 and a thousand at least. I mean, it's three, four meetings a day. So with all these recruiters, I don't want to generalize, but like, what's, what's the vibe? Are they, are they worried? Are they losing their jobs? Are they yeah. fearing losing their jobs? Scared of AI? Want to embrace AI? What, what's kind of the vibe check? I, I think it, it, I think there's lots of different vibe checks. Like mm -hmm. I, I speak to, I speak to some recruiters that are really embracing like entrepreneurism mm -hmm. and they're excited to start their business and they're really taking on uh, these AI tools and researching and, and really trying to upskill and they're excited about what AI is going to bring. And then there's definitely another camp which, you know, there are a lot of recruiters right now who have gone through a beating, you know, maybe multiple layoffs in the last yeah. 18 months or the last three years, you know, multiple layoffs. Um, also, so, so I think it goes both ways, but I'd say it leans more towards, um, yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do, or I don't know, maybe I need to get out of recruiting even yeah. a lot more of those conversations, which again, I think it's recruiters, you know, particularly on the agency side, it's, you always are going to want to be optimistic because it's a mindset thing, right? Like if it, you, you, you're not just going to sit around and go, well, you know, there's, there's no jobs in my niche mm. or my sector. I'm, I'm done. You're like, it doesn't matter. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to find those open jobs. Uh, but I think it's just worn on people the last at least 12 months, right? Mm -hmm. Or eight, 12 to 18 months. So um, I would say most people, most recruiters I talk to are more in like what you're describing, but there are some recruiters that I think that are really thriving in this type of environment and they're embracing new technology and they're, uh, you know, starting their own agency or they're coming up with different ways to help clients and, and getting creative with things. So I think those recruiters, um, you know, probably in that 10 to 20%, at least from conversations I've had. And we say embracing new technologies. It's AI. Are there other things that they're saying, hey, maybe I'm going to try this software or this platform to really maybe just jumpstart my recruiting business? I've, I've, seen, a, I've seen a lot of people just getting creative with um, billing models and like the way, that, mm -hmm. the way that they're serving clients. So, for example, I think a lot of recruiters, they, they have this mindset, like if they start their own agency, they've got to be 25% contingency or mm -hmm. they've got to be retained. And I think more and more people are realizing like th there's not actually no rules. So like, you could start up an agency and you could run like an hourly, you know, an hourly model. You could run some sort of monthly retainer where you're like helping clients for a certain amount of hours to and working on a certain amount of roles. I think there's employer branding services and like personal branding services and social media services that you can provide. So I think more recruiters are realizing like, hey, I, I maybe have to get creative because maybe the traditional money isn't there or people aren't as interested in, um, especially, and this is more so like, I think if, if you're like yourself, you've been, 
doing what you've been doing uh, long enough mm-hmm. to where you have a lot of relationships. I don't see you needing necessarily have to, you know, having to do that. But if you just started and you don't have any credibility or you don't have any brand recognition, you know, sometimes you have to just, you have yeah. to be a little bit more flexible. And when you start up your own business, yeah, especially if you're just a one person operation, you can leverage some of that flexibility with pricing in a way that you're helping people and you can get creative with it and it, it can work and you can create a nice little, uh, what they call it, like a lifestyle business almost. What do you think about some of these AI platforms? Do you think long-term it's going to help recruiters or it could be a challenge where companies will say, hey, why do we need Jack or why do we need Joel when we could just kind of you know, get a subscription to ABC AI recruiting platform and we'll just do it ourselves? But what do you see? I look, I, I think when it comes to just wide adoption of mm-hmm. AI, I, I think it, I think it's more challenging even than than people think. Like it's like Chat GPT is such a great example. And I just read on LinkedIn, it just mm-hmm. said it just saw uh, was it hundred million users. That was the headline, hundred million users weekly using it. Mm-hmm. Um but I think that there's you know, when it comes when it comes to recruitment, like there's a lot of issues. Like, like, like I take sourcing for example. Like, what is the sourcing technology? Okay, it's matching up keywords on a resume or LinkedIn profile or some sort of social profile, which is generated by that user. So it's it's user generated content. There's no validation there at all. Okay, LinkedIn skills are picked by the LinkedIn profile creator. No validation there. You're matching that with a job description, which anyone who's worked in recruitment knows that job descriptions are usually just copy and pasted. They don't really even talk about the job. There's just a list of requirements of people. And so the matching those things up. And I think we all like anyone who's been in recruitment just knows like I I've seen I've talked to some great resumes have ended up not being that great. I've also talked to some of the worst, you know, like construction was a great example. I used to see some of the worst resumes and then you talk to the candidate and they're amazing and they've done actually great work. They just didn't care about their resume Mm -hmm. because they weren't looking for a new job. So I think you've got to keep that in mind. And then I think, I think we, there's so much data out there. I don't know how hard it is really to find, you know, contact information anyway. I mean, there's a lot of free sites that offer Mm -hmm. that. Uh, but then there's a whole new skill that, that needs to happen. And, you know, that's getting people's attention. And it's the more these tools are available and the more people adopt them, the noisier it gets in all of our inboxes, the noisier it gets on social media, because it gets easier and easier to create content, easier and easier to message, easier and easier to source people. Now, this is when I think that new skill of recruitment emerges, where how smart are you at look, being able to look at a profile? And, you know, almost guess what their motivation could mm-hmm. be for looking for a new job. Like how, you know, and so I think there's going to be an emergence of different recruitment skills. I think it's going to require more creativity. Um, and so I think tr- recruiters that are able to really, really look past a resume and look past, you know, almost like look past even the job description and understand, okay, who is this hiring manager? What are their motivations? Who's this candidate? What are their mm-hmm. motivations? I think that skill becomes more valuable. And, you know, that's really the human side of recruiting, right? So I, I think we'll start to see a shift back to the need for that 
because there's just, you know, if, if everybody's sending email sequences, that means it's going to get harder for your email sequences and your emails to stand out. And so you have to get more creative with how you reach out to people. And being creative, that leads us to like what I think most people know you for. You know, you've really jumped in and and got very involved with social media, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn. So yeah. what, what made you decide to do that pivot and say, hey, I'm going to be that guy who's going to really, you know, kind of give a visual element to it and draw people in. And do you, do you, are you still sharing and, and working with clients, recruiters and job seekers on how to brand themselves, you know, how yeah. to maybe do videos for themselves. Maybe you could kind of sh share what you do and some of like uh, the success stories. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, so 2019, you know, September 2019, I, 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 I just got into a point. I've been in recruitment for about four or five years. Right. And um, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy recruiting, right? It's just something fun about talking with people and, and talking with clients and working with them. Um, but I, I start, I started seeing on LinkedIn, you know, my kind of downtime because I was off mm -hmm. social media completely. It actually canceled my Instagram, my Facebook. I wasn't on anything but LinkedIn. And so I'd be on LinkedIn recruiter. And then occasionally I go to LinkedIn, uh, the social media site. And I started just seeing videos. Uh, and there's a guy local to me who's in Milwaukee um, mm -hmm. called uh, Q or Quint Quentin Allums, if you guys know him. He did a lot of video when video first got introduced on LinkedIn. And a lot of his content was like, if you create content, if you can get people to know who you are, you can you can get them to reach out to you essentially mm -hmm. like or if you produce content you can create a magnet and i start thinking the amount of times i just reach out to people cold and they don't know who i am I, and that's a part of the job i, I like the least because it's mm. just full of rejection i was like it'd be amazing if i could create video yeah. and content and people could know who i am and they'd reach out to me like that would be amazing who wouldn't want that mm. and so uh, and then i looked at linkedin content and i was like this doesn't really look like that hard to do. Um, and call me naive or whatever. I, I was just like, you know what? I think I can just, I think I can write as good as what I'm seeing out there. I think I could do as good a video as what I'm seeing out there. And um, and so I just started creating video and, and started writing and creating videos. And really, really quickly, I just realized like, number one, I really enjoy it. And then number two, I have plenty of ideas and plenty of things that I can talk about and share. So I was like, okay, this works out well. And um, and I remember somebody else at my agency at the time, they started doing- This is higher well, right? No, yeah. this is a, huh. this is the first agency I was with oh, called, oh, called okay. Titus Talent gotcha. uh, up in Milwaukee. And so one of the guys I worked with was like, he started doing the same thing. And then he got like a week in, he's like, I don't have anything else to say. He's like, how do you come <laughs> up with stuff? And I was yeah. like, I don't know, man. You yeah. just come up with stuff so yeah so really since that point since 2019 it became probably like more excited and passionate about creating content than recruiting uh but then i realized like you know what i can kind of blend the two together and so i started generating inbound leads um you know for recruitment with content mm -hmm. and i was like oh wow this actually does work it took a little bit of time and i figured out, i made lots of mistakes and figured out what works what doesn't work um and then fast forward to, to Wait, can I just say, can yeah, I yeah, yeah. so like so let's say you have a content this would go out to maybe a potential hiring manager that you'd design the content to say 
you know, whatever the content may be to get their attention to say, hey, I like this guy, Joel, you know, this is pretty, pretty creative. Let, let's give him a shot. Is that kind of how it works or to start I, with? I I think like the way that it starts out first mm -hmm. is, you you know, when you are connected with people on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. usually you're connected with three people, right? Candidates and prospects you're wanting to work with, candidates you place, and then clients you're working with. So your LinkedIn connections are usually people you've had some interaction with for the most part. So when you first start, you're kind of talking to people you know, mm -hmm. which I think can feel weird to people. But then as you start extending out your network and people start seeing you, it really impacts your outbound first. So when you reach out to people, a common thing they'll say is, oh, I've seen some of your content. So you just have that familiarity there. So it takes away that kind of pure cold call feel. And then I think once you've been creating content probably for three to six months, could be longer now because I think it's noisier. But once it's been for a consistent amount of time, that is when people will start reaching out to you. As long as you have a good balance in your content, like you you want to have some personal content where you're talking about yourself because people want to work with people they like. You also want to put out content that shows you're a subject matter expert in whatever niche you're actually recruiting in. And then you want to talk about your jobs and your accomplishments and the actual roles you've filled so people know that you're mm -hmm. successful but i think if you have an equal balance of content you follow you know a program or a system within three months six months nine months you do start to get people reach out to you i think in this market it's more challenging because it's more competitive for open jobs right there's a lot of agencies going after the same jobs but i think if even if you do it in this market it will help your outbound and it will help you be that go-to person in your industry. And that's the goal. As a recruiter, I want to be the go-to person in whatever industry I'm serving. Um, and I think there's a lot of room for creativity with this stuff because for the most part, people aren't that creative with content. That's so smart because I like how you break it up because if you just did like funny videos, well, that's not so great because they'll say, hey, this guy, Joel, is really funny but they're not going to reach out to you when they have a, you know, senior executive C-suite job. They're like, okay. So you might have something that's a little funny, but then you might have something serious. Then you might have something, here's some, you know, people who I placed. So then overall, they realize, wait, this guy, you know, he knows what he's doing and he's very creative. Yeah. Let me reach out to him. And there's this really weird thing. Cause I, I get this from, you know, writing and, and the podcast, and we had uh, on LinkedIn, Ben Mena, who has a podcast, and he's saying, similar to you, he doesn't make necessarily do all the videos, but his podcast, people feel they know him. Same exactly. way with you, you feel comfortable, they feel they know all about you. So then when it comes time, either they need your help, because they're looking for a job, or, you know, you want to get a job from somebody, they feel like, sure, let's do it, because you you're a known entity now as opposed to that just who is jack who's joel i, I don't really know them I'm, I'm gonna take a pass thank you no thank you so you create that immediate bond which is wild right it just it's such a, a differentiator i look i think if you're small business mm -hmm. you're solo um you know you have aspirations to be that in the future or even if you're a smaller agency, let's say, you know, 10 to 20 people. Um, with social media being really the only cost is time, you know, so if, if you're looking at 20 to 30 minutes a day, you're not paying for 
paid ads. You're not paying for newspaper. You're not paying for anything mm-hmm. else. I, I, I still rack my brain sometimes when people aren't doing it because it's, it's just, it's, you know, again, outside of the cost of time, it's free to post on these yeah. social networks. Um, and, and I think, I think it's that it's that consistency piece. And I think it's also just enjoying it is, is a big piece. And I think luckily for me, I really enjoy content, but I always had in my mind a vision of where is this going to be a year, two years, three years, four years. And look, I had to go, I kind of had to go a long time because I didn't have any training. I didn't really have a system because of that. It took me a little bit longer, but now I, I see people that I work with that, Within one, two, three months, they're generating inbound leads. So that outbound is is getting more successful because they're just following a program that makes sense, which is you know that mix of content. And if you know what each type of content you're producing really is saying in the market, like open jobs is a great example. Like open jobs, everyone thinks, well, I'm posting an open job mm-hmm. so I can get candidates to reach out to me. And I'm like, well, yeah, but if you're also posting an open job, you're signaling to everybody in the market, hey, I'm working on these types of roles. So if you post an open software engineer job and you have an engineering manager that you connected with five years ago, he goes, hey, I have that same software engineer role open. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. So instead of just always thinking like, you know, think a little bit strategically, what am I saying to everybody in my network, right? Or if I talk about our, you know, our team's growing, Right. What are you signaling to the market? You're successful. Your team's growing. Great. People want to work with people who are are, are seeing success. Right. Um, and so I think once you understand that and then you understand that, you know, you, you're trying to stay top of mind. Like you said, you just get known like Ben mean it. Like I remember when he started the podcast, I was an early mm-hmm. member on the guest. Now look at his podcast. He's getting thousands of downloads. But he's been doing it for three years. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, not many people can do something for three years without seeing that. You know, they want it right away. And I think with content, you got to be a little bit patient with See, it. See, that's a great point. Process, you know? That's such a great, because you, I'd imagine, and um, let's take, let's not say you're a client, but just in general, you could see somebody who says, you know what, I see, I see what he's doing. I could do the same thing. And maybe they do for one and two. And after four, they're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I feel awkward. This is just cringe. I'm bailing out. And they give up. Whereas people like yourself and Ben and others who just say, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to keep plugging away, man. I All right. If I don't get a lot of likes or interest, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying. And that's rough for people to do. I think it's really tough. I think most people, even, even recruiters who are used to rejection as a default thing, because we get, you know, we fail way more than we succeed in terms of doing it, but even then they feel like, you know what? I, I just don't want to do it. Is that, is that what you see a lot with people that they try and it just. I, I see that, but I think it's, it's funny because I, I always equate it to cold calling and here's the difference mm-hmm. between cold calling and content is cold calling. You can just hit that, right? Like yeah. it's possible in your first, you know, cold call hour that you get a hold of the ideal prospect and you close them. It's possible that that can happen. And I, but I think with content, like it's, it's so much, it's so much less likely that's yeah. going to happen. And so I think with cold calling, even though you get 95% rejection or 96, whatever that number is, yeah. it's like, you know, like you just one call away from like a job order or, you know, like them taking your MPC and you're winning a client. I think with content, yeah. 
you just don't get any yeah. of that gratification. So it is just pure like, yeah. oh my God, my post just flopped again. And I think most people, they do, they do get to a point where they're like, all right, I'm putting in time here. I'm not getting anything out of it. But they're also not thinking of like their own behavior. And it's like, when's the last time you saw one post from somebody and you reached out to them to do business? Never happened. But if you see their content for yeah. three months, six months to a year, then you reach out to them. So I think you got to put yourself in in how do you react when you're creating yeah. content or sorry, when you're uh, consuming content? I got to go back. Cause this is, this is hilarious. I, I remember this so vividly. This has to go back 26 years ago, right? Where think about it, no iPads, no real computer stuff. I mean, there's fax machines. Stuff. Come on, dude. I would come in in the morning. <laughs> no joke. I come inside Monday morning. I race into the city, right? Race it. I, I lived in the city at the time raced in because if I didn't get there soon enough, the faxes will go off the machine, fall on the floor and get all mixed up. And then I would have to spend the first hour of the day on Monday getting all like the, you know, the resumes in line. And the first cold call, this is what, what, what brought me up. First cold call guy at Citigroup. I still remember his name, Steve Keating, right? Called and I get a job order. And I'm like, what do I do now? <laughs> I, it's like the dog that caught the car. And I worked for, you know, I worked for a search firm at the time. And then I would go to like the more senior guy. I go, all right, what do I do now? And he's like, okay, here's what we do now. Here's what we do now. And then he kind of gave me, all right, here's what you say. Here's what you do. And then, yeah, just from a cold call. And then I got to tell you from, from there, Joel, I was hooked. I was like, wait, I can make, you know, a 25% fee and, and, you know, I'm placing people who are, you know, making a hundred, 200, $300,000. Like, wait a minute. They got, what's the, and I was like, what's the catch? There gotta be something, there gotta be catch. And he realized it's not a catch. It's just, you gotta, you got the catch is you're going to get your ass kicked. You're going to have, you know, you're going to be humiliated at times. You're going to just feel like a biggest loser at times. You're going to be, you know, kicked in the balls all the time. And, you, and it just got to keep going through. And that's people the just, people will just lie to you over and over. And, and you, Oh my God. <laughs> and then you're like, I just love people so much. People are like, yeah, I really like people. I'm going to get into recruiting. I'm you like, can't. No, no, right, right. I'm, I'm going to HR because I like people. I do recruit because I like people. No, I really like the money that comes with it. Let's be be real. I'm going to be a real recruiter. <laughs> Is that you want it? But it's 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 so wild. Yeah, it's like, hey, Jack, it's it's now my like Sunday night. Hey, I know I said I'm not going to take that you know that that account offer, but and this is they gaslight you. But I got to do what's right for my family. So I'm going to take that job, even though I promised and they're waiting for me to show up on Monday. But you said you were going to take it. You promised you signed the letter. Well, my yeah. last my last role with Hirewell, yeah. uh, well, I, and before I got into working with James, the CRO over there, and just like working on, on yeah. I was like the only person in, in the kind of the sales, pure sales function. But before that, the first uh, nine months I was there, I was recruiting recruiters. And honestly, it burned me out because like, I'm a very, I'm also like a heart and a sleeve type guy. And so like, and I just, I naturally will trust people, but man, recruiting recruiters in 2021. Uh, is that, like, really, this was that really tough? This, oh man. It was just like, I think it was just tough because it was like, you're dealing with people who know the same game that you're playing. Yeah. And so it was like, stuff just doesn't work in the same way. Like it's very hard to close like an agency recruiter. Uh, but then I don't know. It was like, I, you know, it's like, I, again, like I, 
will trust, you know, I really trust people and all this type of stuff. And like, again, I just, I think I just, that to me and that market was enough for me to go, you know what? Like, I just need to take a break. And with that, how the market was, I was like, you know what? It makes sense at this point. When I have a ton of, you know, we're not having a ton, a ton of business yeah. and, and, you know, now maybe I need to just transition into training and coaching and development and helping other recruiters who I think, you know, in the future, I was, I was talking to uh, Danny, uh, Danny Cahill yesterday on, on the live show. And he's just like, you know, like one of the future of like agency recruiting is recruiters that they know, they understand digital, they understand how to leverage technology they understand how to leverage the human side and building relationships. And so I, I, that is, that is a thought with content. Like, I don't think you can just go all in on content and that's it. You still got to be really good at sales. You still got to be really good at developing relationships. You got to be able to go out and meet people. You got to go to trade shows. It's multifaceted now. And I think maybe in 2020, it did shift to like mostly digital because there wasn't any face-to-face, -face, you know, interactions. But now the, the recruiters of the future, it's like you've got to embrace every tool that you can possibly have um, and understand how each one works and how under and understand how you can grow a business using all of them, right? It's uh, And pick and choose the ones you're good at because it's like for me, I won't, I'm not cold caller. I don't enjoy being cold cold and so I'm not going to do it. And so now I have to work harder on building a more visible brand and getting that visibility but I do cold outreach. I do DMs and emails all the time. It's just most of the time people are like, oh yeah, I'll take the call because I know, you know, I've seen something of you. I think you're funny or whatever. Um, you know, but I think that's there's recruiters coming in. I think you have to be aware of how to do this digital stuff, um, and how this tech's gonna work and how you can scale yourself. But you can't lose that just pure human to human sales and persuasion and relationships, right? Yeah, I see. I started when you could only cold call and make calls. So, <laughs> so I'm used. To, I'm used to it, and I'm going to date myself. I'd have the rotary phone at home where you'd have to go. You know, yeah. I don't know. I know you, you're younger than me, so you probably didn't have that. And I was used to picking up the phone, having to say, "Hey, Mrs. Smith, can I speak to Joel? Is he there?" And then she would say, and then you'd have to be engaged with Joel's mom. And have a conversation so you do this day in day out and that gave great training then when you became a recruiter because you're used to yeah. having the mom or dad asking a billion questions how are you doing how are you doing in school how's your brother doing how are your parents doing what's going on so it forced you to do that so then when it came to recruiting i loved doing it i loved cold calling people it was awesome you know every yeah and i would find out more often than not they'd be receptive you know after, every once in a while you get someone and then who'd be angry, but then they call me back later and say, Hey, Jack, my boss is standing over my shoulder. I didn't mean to be a jerk. I didn't mean to blow you off. I just, I, I didn't want to blow up my spot. Yeah. Look, and, and I think, you know, I was talking to someone a while back too, and they're like, you, you know, you'd have to map out organizations, right? Like leverage that gatekeeper for information on like who the engineers were, yes. who was in the yeah. office. Uh, and now obviously you can, you know, you can just go map out an organization on, on LinkedIn, uh, but it doesn't take away, it's like, regardless, because I think people like, you know, with cold calling or cold emailing or whatever it is, it's it's however you get past that cold to warm, right? Because yeah. once you've talked to someone, then you have that warm relationship, then you can follow up. 
but then the, it, after that, the, the skills are all the same. Like you've got to be really good with follow-up. You've got to be persuasive. You've got to be likable. And then at the end of the day, as a recruiter, like you've got to be able to execute and fill roles. And if you're not doing that, um, you, you're not going to get more business from people. So regardless how big your brand, I tell people all the time, like regardless of how big your brand is online, you still got to be good at sales. Mm -hmm. You still got to be good at having conversations, building relationships, providing value. And if people don't see you as valuable or they don't see you as somebody that can help them, it doesn't matter how many followers you got, you're not going to close the business. How about Joe, on the flip side, do you have advice for job seekers, can yeah. they kind of do the same things that you are suggesting? You know, you're giving advice to the recruiters, how they could stand out, how they could be creative, do videos. Because what I'm seeing is for white, particular white collar, mid to senior level folks, it is brutal. It is really rough. I mean, in my opinion, right now with what's going on in the Middle East, what's happening in Ukraine with high inflation, with the worry about recession, and, you know, just add on to it. They're freaked, companies are freaked out and they really don't want to hire if they don't have to. So job seekers, like we've seen sending out 500 resumes, not getting anything, you know, going on interview after interview, nothing happening. Are there things that maybe for the people who are the job seekers, and I know this is kind of more recruiting centric, this, you know, what we're talking about now, but to switch yeah. it a little bit. Yeah. Can they, can they put together kind of your game plan, but tweak it a little bit so they could stand out? Yeah. I, I look at LinkedIn for most white collar professionals, right? LinkedIn yeah. is, is still a place that you're connecting with colleagues and, you know, maybe if you're in sales, it's prospects and people you're trying to reach out to. So I think a lot of, a lot of the similar things apply. Do I think that you know, creating content is going to land you a job, you know, overnight. No, just like it's not going to land a recruiter, a sale or a candidate overnight. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think when I'm, when I'm working with job seekers, the number one thing that you need to be focusing on is, is your resume as good as it can be? And look to me, if you're applying to 500 places and not hearing anything back, yeah, there's something wrong with your resume. <laughs> and I, th I think something's going on, right? There's an issue. And you need to be quick to make adjustments and you cannot take things personally. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, number one is job seekers right now. There's a lot of actual AI tools. So we're talking about AI tools for recruiters. There are a lot of AI tools for job seekers available. I think of like Teals one, for example, that become really popular. I think they're doing a good job with like influencer marketing and things like that. Uh, but they've got like AI tools that can help you craft a resume that can help you match your resume to job descriptions. I'm working, I've been working with a company recently that has an auto apply tool, uh, which literally takes your resume and it applies you to jobs that it thinks you're fit for. So I'm not saying those, those two solutions are, I'm not like yeah. promoting them and saying you need to sign up for them, but you need to realize like there are these AI tools that can help you with these things. Uh, but I think if you're on the job market right now, if your resume isn't getting you any results, change it up quick. Same with your LinkedIn profile. LinkedIn profile isn't getting hits from recruiters. Change it up. Make sure your resume and your LinkedIn match so you have the basics. And I think it it is today. It's a multifaceted approach. I think if all you're doing is applying the jobs, it's not enough. I think you've got to be reaching out to 
your network. And I think people get freaked out with that. Like, mm -hmm. What is that? What does network mean? Okay. This is what a network is. Friends and family are still part of your network. Like it's people, you know, people that can vouch for your character, people that can say, Joel does great work. He's a great person. You should interview him. Those are people that you need to be reaching out to. And again, when you reach out to people nowadays, even if it's your mom, okay, you cannot, you can't just reach out once. Okay. If people don't respond. You got to reach out to them a couple of times because we're all bombarded with messages. So it's applying, it's networking. And then it's also realizing like there's communities out there. So if you're in marketing, I can name three online marketing communities off the top of my head for people that I know who run them. Mm -hmm. Join those online communities. Go to the go to the in-person events. So just like how I was saying with recruiters, you got to be multi-pronged with your approach. You can't just be digital. It's got to be digital, phone, email, meeting face-to-face. -face. It's it's a similar approach to job seeking nowadays. You've got to be meeting new people, networking with industry people reaching out to people you've worked with people that you're you know again friends and family um as well as applying so i think the the job search today it is hard but i think if again if all you're doing is just applying the jobs online i don't think you're doing enough i think you've got to leverage every relationship that you could possibly leverage um and then also keep in your mind you could do everything right nowadays. You can do, you can nail the interview and still not get the job. So you have to just keep that perspective in mind that it's, it's just hard work right now. Um, and I think the worst thing that you can do is start to get down on yourself and go, yeah. well, it's never going to happen for me. You've got to somehow keep that positive mindset and go, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep doing the right things. Um, so maybe it's, listening to like a sales motivation tape because it's really like right now sales for job seeking. I feel like it's very similar. You got your prospects, who you're reaching out to and all these you know, different ways to reach out to people. Um, and then the last thing I'll say too is um, I think when you're looking on social media and you're trying to find people to listen to with the job search, you need to understand that every single piece of advice out there is just opinion. Mm -hmm. There's no one solution that works for every single person, because there's companies don't have the same hiring process across the board. Each company does it differently. So when you're listening to advice from people, try out different advice. And if it works for you, great, double down on it. But if something doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that person was lying or they were trying to like mislead you. It just means it was their opinion and they've seen it work before. But you've got to take everything with a grain of salt. Um, and you know, the worst thing you can do is just believe that when people say, I'll guarantee you this will get you a job, be careful yeah. of things like that. Because in my experience, there's nothing guaranteed. You can get an offer mm -hmm. and think you're going to start a job and get it rescinded. And there's just no guarantees in hiring and, and recruitment, at least from my experience. So just be careful who you listen to and who you let into that space. I think that's great advice. I think that's really super helpful. I like in particular, when you're talking about the sales part, because I think for a lot of job seekers, they're not thinking in those terms. You know, for recruiters, we're always thinking sales, persuasion, closing the deal. But that's kind of what you have to do when you're interviewing. You have to sell yourself. I think a lot of times when people interview, they feel like icky if they're selling themselves, you know, like they're doing something wrong. They're being a self-promoter. But yeah, you have to sell it and you got to close the deal. You got to get the person to like you, want you, want to hire you. And what do you think about this? Like, as you were talking about the different, you know, the way recruiters, you know, to have, you know, kind of video, 
with LinkedIn, you have that open to work banner, which is eh, whatever, you know, um, some people say not good. Some people say it's great, whatever. But what in, in addition to that, you have, let's say I'm a job seeker and I take a page out of your playbook and say, all right, maybe I'll, I'll do, um, you know, a LinkedIn a video that I'm going to upload on LinkedIn and yeah. say, Hey, I'm, you know, working, you know, for ABC company, this is what I do, you know, this is what I do, or, and I lost, you know, I was laid off in a reorg and here's what I want to do next. And, but you said, you know, really good quality, you, you know, and then you try to not be woe is me, but come across really, you know, positive, really upbeat, really motivated. You know, the, the production value is good, really tight, maybe 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Do you think that's viable? Do you think people could do that? Or it's just, it's, it's just too uncomfortable for most folks. Look, I think for some people that that can work really, really well. Yeah. And and I I would say, you know, personal branding in general for professionals, no matter what field you're in, whether you're in mm -hmm. recruitment, sales, marketing, uh, engineering, having a personal brand will help you in your career without a doubt. And having a personal brand on LinkedIn, creating valuable content for your field will help. And so I think if I was, if, if I, I'm just trying to put myself in this, in the seat of like a job seeker and what would right. be valuable content for people, I think talking about uh, technology that's going to impact your industry, talking about um, you know different ways to do things or different ways of, of thinking. So for example, in engineering, maybe it's um, you know something around like engineering mindset and like how you solve problems or problem solving or how you approach different problems. I think that type of content can just be valuable to your network and it and it can help create some awareness of who you are and it can open up up opportunities. But again, it doesn't mean then if you do that, then you stop applying the places, right? So I think creating awareness and adding value for your brand overall is going to help you in your career. Uh, again, like I look at internal recruiters and I talk to them all the time about this. If you want, mm -hmm. you know, when you create content, it's not just for candidates, it's for your hiring managers as well. You know, if your hiring managers are seeing you on a regular basis, you're going to create trust with them. So when you go to submit candidates, they're going to trust you more. Right. Your leadership at your company is going to see you. And the same would apply to any candidate. Like if you are somebody who's creating content and adding value, you're going to be seen by leadership in your company and you're going to create trust, subject matter expertise. You're going to create a brand that's valuable to them. So I'm a huge proponent of anybody doing that. And then, you know, if you decide one day you want to go into consulting in your space, obviously having some sort of digital presence or following around whatever you're looking to, to, to do is big. The guy, there's a guy uh, from Airbnb, Zach, uh, what's his last name? Can't really think of his last name, but he, uh, he works for Airbnb, grew his LinkedIn following the 300 plus thousand followers. He's now big on Instagram and Twitter and all this sort of stuff. And now he's set up a, you know, basically a boot camp for people to get in uh, data analytics Um and he's created a huge business. I mean, mm. massive is getting more than he was making more doing this now than he did at Airbnb. But he started by just talking about, you know, data analytics and the tools and 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 putting out value for years. Uh, so those things are certainly viable. I think Lou Adler, a long time ago, when I had him on my live show, he said, you know, one of the things you could do as a job seeker is you know, put together like a project on something and like show, demonstrate that you can add value 
uh, to the company and reach out to them and say, hey, you know, I've got this marketing idea. I've got this idea. And I think with that, you've got to be careful how much time you invest into these things. It's free work. Uh, but that's why content's great because you can just talk to these, talk about these things and scale it out to your network, right? And uh, on LinkedIn, again, you're connected to people you know. And so you never know. You put out something, suddenly you become top of mind and they go, actually, yeah, we need to hire someone like you. You know, it's not with it's not beyond the realm of possibility that someone could reach out to you and say, "Hey, we got this opportunity. We'd we'd love for you to be, uh, to be considered for it." I love it. I love this was like a masterclass in what to do, what's going on with recruiters. You know how recruiters could get noticed, how to help out job seekers. So this is super helpful. I really appreciate you taking the time. And before we wrap up, yeah, I know you said you're looking to go back into recruiter. What what's next for you? What's the next plan and how can people reach you yeah so i you know like we kind of discussed earlier i started a business in march where basically helping corporate teams Mm -hmm. develop a strategy for social media and a lot of times it just ends up being linkedin although i've Mm -hmm. given some like tiktok masterclasses i gave a facebook masterclass Uh, but the idea is like inspiring the recruiting team to use social media and get the brand out there Um, and what i found with that business is it's a fun business. I enjoy training and coaching. Um, but really, you know, I'm only really looking to take on two to three of those clients a month because uh, it just it takes a lot of energy mm-hmm. and a lot more energy anticipated. So and that side of the business is running pretty smoothly. Also do like influencer partnerships with HR and TA tech. So like some of these AI companies that are looking to reach recruiters, I'll work with them and I'll put out content. So uh, those, that, but that type of business, again, I'm not going to work with nine brands at a time. I work with like one to two. So it's not really like a business. It's some side income. Yeah. Um, and so I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I actually want to, I want to use some of these tools in recruitment. Cause I think there's so many amazing tools that can help you, especially as like a solo recruiter. Um, and so I think this next phase for me, is three things It's building up my podcast and newsletter. That's something that's going to be more focused and then taking on, you know, one, two, three recruitment clients, uh, probably on a retainer or like a, you know, monthly retainer type basis um, and getting back into the hands-on recruitment. Cause I do still see, although it's a tough market, mm-hmm. there are still people that need help filling roles, obviously. So uh, that's, that's my plan for 2024 and definitely going to be more of like lifestyle type business. Cause I've got three young kids and I'm really value the time with them, uh, but could scale into something bigger. And then, you know, I'm really kind of open, open to different things for the future. Well, this is amazing. I really appreciate you taking the time and love the advice. Fantastic. I think you're helping both recruiters, job seekers, and th- during a time where they need it. So I really, I really greatly appreciate you coming on the show and adding all this value. So thanks a lot, man. Yeah. And awesome. look, I've been a huge follower of yours too, Jack, for uh, a long time. So I'm really honored that you asked me to be on the show. Wow. I think we were going to do this about maybe a year ago. And it just, what I don't know what happened, but I uh, appreciate you just being, it all worked being out. able to put this is out. Awesome. <laughs> it all worked out. And I thanks. love the value that you give to everybody. So uh, well, thank you. I appreciate keep it. Keep it up. Thanks. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. See you guys.